Gospel of Luke, the sixth chapter, the 38th verse, if you would. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If you don't have it, it is on the screen this morning. Ooh. Hallelujah. Mr. Hayes said he wish he could leap and shout. Something about the, the spirit is leaping. Luke 6 and 38 reads, Give, and it will be given you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. Here we go. For with the measure you use, it would be measured to you. We like to shout about the first part. But it says, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Father, we thank you for what you've already done in this place. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke of the enemy. Your anointing that makes preaching easy. So God, I surrender my mind, I surrender my lips to you on today, that you would have your way in this place. You know what your people need. So God, empower us with your word, that as we begin a new year and a new decade, Father, we'll be in your will, and we'll enjoy the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. So Father, we thank you today. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's house this morning. This morning, we're launching our new series entitled, The Blessed Life. Somebody said, The Blessed Life. Yeah. And how many want to have a blessed life? Let me, let me say that again. How many want to have a blessed life? Yeah, because it's one thing to say it, but then there's another one to enjoy the benefits of that blessed life. But this series is going to set those of us that are willing to receive what God has to say to us. It's going to set us up for a blessed life. This series is going to change not only your finances, not only your marriage, your health, your relationships, your job, and even if you got a business, I'm telling you that it's going to change it if you apply this word to your life. So whatever area that you apply it to, that's the area that's going to be blessed. And I don't know about you, but I need a blessing in every area of my life. Can I get a witness in the building? Uh, I mean, I might be doing good in one area, but I, I know that there's a greater level that God has in store, even in that area. So we just can't get satisfied. We, we still have to hunger and thirst for the blessings of God in our lives. So what does it mean? What does it mean to, to live a blessed life? Can I suggest to you this morning that living a blessed life means having supernatural power working for you? Supernatural power working for you. Which means that the opposite of that is a cursed life. Which means that supernatural power is working against you. And I don't know nobody really in their right mind 
that would want supernatural power working against you. But I want the power of God. I want the presence of God. I want it working on my behalf. Anybody want the power of God working on your behalf? So we typically think about being blessed. We typically think about this as having an abundance of money. And though it may include that, can I tell you this morning that it's not exclusive of that. See, it may very well be that you're living a life where your health, where your relationships, where your job, where your family, where your emotions and where your thoughts are prospering. Anybody want those areas of your life prospering? And see, the thing about confining uh, being blessed or having a blessed life to only money is that money is too small or too small of a thing to contain the goodness that God wants to pour out to each and every one of our lives. I, I, I want to suggest to you this morning that life is more than money. <laughs> Somebody say, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But life, I'm here to tell you that life is more than money because the truth of the matter is that you can have a whole lot of money and a whole lot of trouble. Just because you got a whole lot of money doesn't isolate or doesn't delete the problems in your life. You're going to have some issues and circumstances that money can't solve. Uh, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. So God is after you having a blessed life. I mean, that's how much God loves each and every one of us. That he wants us to have a blessed life. I wish above all things that thou prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. He desires every area of your life to, to be blessed. Understand, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Zoe type of life, the full life, the abundant life, the overflowing life. As you see the water there, it is overflowing from the glass. And that's the type of life that God desires for his people. Hmm. So in order to lay hold to that blessed life, understand it's going to take obeying him and his word. Can I tell you that? It's going to take obeying him and his word. So if you're going to get what God's got... That means you got to do what God says. <laughs> See, many of the promises of God in the Bible come with conditions. Yeah, I, I, I know this a little early, and I, I know this might be a little tight, but the truth of the matter is that if we're going to get anything from God, understand that there, there are going to be some conditions that are aligned with God's promises. I mean, Deuteronomy tells I don't have this up there, but Deuteronomy tells us that the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you, uh, you, uh, you only will be above and not beneath. We shout about that part. But if you look a little further in that particular text, uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 13, actually it says, if. <laughs> yeah, that big word, if. <laughs> if. Uh, we, we shout about all that God is going to do and all that he's promised, but he says, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them, how? Carefully. Yeah, yeah. He tells us that's, 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 that's some conditions that come along with the blessings of God. 
And we've gotten to a point, a time in our uh, uh, church life that uh, many people are, are preaching uh, about the grace of God and about all that God promises and all that he's going to do, but we're leaving out the if part. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where we get disappointed. That's where we get upset. That's where we, you know, start to fall off a little bit because these things are not coming as fast as we think they ought to come, even though we are declaring the truth of God's word. But he says, if. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get there. So let's start this morning. Let's look at Matthew 7 and 1 through 2. Uh, so if you got a, got a pen or you, you, you're typing your, your notes in there, uh, we're, we're in Matthew 7, 1 through 2 this morning. Can I tell you that, that, that this is, we're, we're, again, we're about growth. 2020 is about growth. 2020 is about our spiritual growth, trying to raise our level of understanding, trying to get in line with what God plans and his purposes for our lives. So we got to, at some point of time, understand the gravity of the word of God. We've got to mature. We've got to lay hold to the, the, the greater level that he's trying to get us to. And so some of this teaching, understand, it, it's going to be tight, but it's going to be to the point where God is trying to usher us into a, a new level, a, a, a new place of understanding so that he can release some things in our lives. Yeah. Because we're going to find out if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you always got. So at some point in time, you got to shift in order to get what you really want from God. And all of us, truth of the matter is, want to be blessed by God. <laughs> so Matthew 7, 1 through 2, it says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, there it is again, it will be measured to you. Hmm. So this is, understand that this is, uh, this is Jesus here. Uh, I, I said this is Jesus. So Jesus is trying to get us to understand. He's telling us to be careful not to judge others. Yeah, not to judge others. For in the same way that you judge, understand that you're going to be judged with that same measure. Which causes me to pause right here and ask me and all of us, then why we continue to judge folks? Why do we continue to talk about people and judge them and judge their circumstances and judge how they act and how they carry themselves? The Bible says Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Jesus himself. Says that if you judge somebody, understand with the same measure that you judge them, that's how you're going to be judged. Which means that if I don't want to be judged... I, I need to keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, is that I, I got enough work <laughs> to work on me. <laughs> and I don't need to work on nobody else. I don't need to condemn nobody else. I don't need to judge nobody else. No, I got enough work on myself. I wish I had a witness in the building. Uh, I got enough work. So Jesus tells us this same thing in Luke's gospel. He tells us Luke 6 and 37 and 38. He says, do not judge and you will not be judged. He says, do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. He says, forgive, Woo. 
and you will be forgiven. And then 38, which is really our, 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 our scripture for this particular series, it says, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So Jesus, what he does here is that he reveals here a principle. It is the principle of reciprocity. Reciprocity. Some call it the law of reciprocity. And we typically have uh, uh, this particular or hear this particular text, verse 38, in, in the church as it relates to money. But really understand, this applies to every area of your life. Every area. He's telling you how you give. And the measure that you give, understand, that's the measure that's coming back to you. He says that if you forgive understand that forgiveness is going to come back to you. <laughs> yeah, if you give time, understand somebody else is going to give you some time. If you give love, then guess what? Love is coming back to you. So Jesus is saying whatever you give will be given back to you, but know what he says. He says good measure, press down, shake it together, and running over. Can I tell you a little bit about this particular, uh, why he uses this? He uses this because, understand, his readers are familiar with this. Because in those days, as people farmed, they would, they would leave uh, portions uh, in, in, in the field for the gleaners to come behind. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, for those that were poor, they understood that they had to take care of the poor. In order for God to continue to bless their life, that they had to take care of somebody else. Yeah, so the farmers understood this, so they would leave a little bit in the corners. And uh, uh, those that were traveling oftentimes traveled from a distance, and they would come, and they, they would gather these things. They would fill up their baskets, and uh, they would press it down, and then they would shake it again, and they would put more on it and press it down to get the air out of it because they wanted to make sure that because they came from such a long distance, they wanted to carry back as much as they could. Because they wanted that journey to be worthwhile. Yes, <laughs> yeah, in essence, Jesus says that whatever you give, understand, you're going to get a lot more of the same thing. Oh. He says that if you give condemnation, understand, you're going to get that measure that you gave and some. He said if you give hatred, understand that you're going to get that measure and some. If you give love, you're going to get that measure and some. So it makes sense that for us that we would give good things because that means that we would get more of the good things back to us instead of those things that aren't so good. Yeah, and see, some people wonder why, 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 why my children acting like they're acting? Why they're yelling at me like they're yelling at me? Could it be that you're yelling at them? Could it be that you're getting back? That and some? Oh, y'all ain't going to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Could it be that as parents that, you know, we gave our, our, our parents? Yeah. So, some headaches and some troubles. And uh, could it be that we're getting back some of that that we gave and, and some? I, I know we don't like uh, <laughs> I, I know we don't like that, but the truth of the matter is, it's the law of reciprocity. It's the law of sowing and reaping. 
Yeah, so it behooves how we sow. <laughs> yeah, because all of us want to reap some good things, but the truth of the matter is, how how have you sown? How, how have you sown? What have you given out? Have you given out what you want back? Uh, my goodness, Jesus is also making the point that uh, what we receive in return cannot be the motive. Yeah, cannot be the motive. In other words, you shouldn't be giving just to get back. You shouldn't give to get. In other words, I shouldn't love my wife just, just because I want her to love me back. Now, I love her because God has commanded me to love her. Yeah, which means that if she doesn't love me back, I still am commanded as her husband to love her. Yeah, whether she burned the biscuits whether she uh, fried chicken without uh, flour. Yeah, I, I, I'm going back in a little history. Yeah, she, she know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, we first got married. Yeah, we yeah, cooking biscuits, burning the biscuits. Yeah, yeah. But I still love the glory to God. I still ate, ate what she cooked. I mean, that's love. <laughs> That's love, glory to God. So see, God, God, God is concerned about our motive. Yeah, motive is everything to God. Yeah, motive is everything. See, see, look what Solomon says in Proverbs 16 and 2. Uh, he says, all, uh, all a person's ways seem pure to them. <laughs> yeah, it seems like everything we do, you know, to us seems right. Yeah, it, it, it seems right. It seems like this is how it ought to be. Yeah, but look, 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 look at the B clause. It says, but motives are weighed by the Lord. <laughs> he says, understand this now. He, he, he says, I don't care what, what you think. He says, but, but the motive, the, the intent of the heart, uh, the, the reason that you do things uh, is because the raison d'etre, yeah. The reason why you do things is because... Oh, oh, the reason why you do things, understand, God is weighing that. Yeah, imagine a scale. He's weighing that. Yes, sir. He's weighing that motive. See, because we can't fool God. Yeah, you might be able to fool me, you might be able to fool somebody else, but the truth of the matter is that the Bible says that man look at the outward uh, uh, appearance, but God searches the heart. God is examining the heart and the intent of man. Yeah, so he's weighing that thing. He's weighing. Even James says this, James 4 and 3, he says, when you ask, he says, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motive. Could it be, could it be that some of the things that we're asking God to do in our lives, that God has not done it yet because he's weighing the motive? Yeah, he's weighing the motives. He's weighing the heart. Yeah, he's seeing what your real intent is. Yeah, are, 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 are you really going to do what you said you were going to do with it? Yeah, are, are, are you going to really love me even when I bless you? Are, are you going to still continue to love me? Are you going to still continue to serve me? He's searching the heart to see what are we going to do? Yeah, what are we going to do? God is concerned about our heart. Even Jeremiah 17 and 10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Yeah. So every, every time you do something, every request you make, 
Yeah, understand God is weighing that. This is the seriousness of our walk with the Lord is that he's weighing that. He, he's not fool. He's not con. Uh, no, no. Uh, he's weighing everything in our lives which behooves us to, to make sure that our motives are right. That our motives are pure. That we're doing these things because, one, we truly love God. The reason that we are here this morning ought to be because we love God. Yeah, because we understand that he's the reason why we live, move, and have our being. That there's nothing that we can gain or get uh, that God doesn't give us. Yeah. Shouldn't be that we're here just because we want to check a box. Yeah. Because I tell you that. God searches the heart. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be here because, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to gain some influence with somebody or we like somebody or, you know, we're trying to see this or trying to observe that. No, our, our intent and our purpose of being here should be solely uh, and most importantly is to God. Yeah, Matthew 6 and 21 tells us, for where your treasure is, <laughs> there your heart will be also. So God is concerned about your heart in every way or every area of your life. Can I tell you this? Even or especially when it comes to your money. Ouch. To your money. Because most people's treasure is in their money. I mean, that's where the heart is. It's in their money. I, 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 I mean, many people say that God is first, but... but uh, can I tell you that uh, I, I can tell what's first in your life by looking at your checkbook? Can I tell you what's first in your life by looking at your bank statement? Because where you spend the most of your money, where, where, that's where your heart is. That's where your purpose and intent is. Yeah. Where you're spending those resources. Yeah. Y'all with me? All right. <laughs> Get kind of quiet in here. Uh, there's a reason that, that, that money and possessions are mentioned over 2,000 times in the Bible. I mean, 2,000. Think about this. 2,000. 2,000 times in the Bible because the Lord knew that we would have an issue with it. Yeah, he knew that there would be a struggle in our heart. He, he knew and understood that there would be a battle there between us and our money. Yeah. He knew that there would be a battle in our heart between yeah, yeah, us and our money. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having things as long as things don't have you. Nothing's wrong with having a nice car, a nice house, but understand, that cannot be where your heart is. Because after all, God is measuring. He's weighing your heart. He's weighing what's most important. And the truth of the matter is that for all of us, if we want to be blessed in 2020, uh, because all of us have shouted, all of us have claimed. I was with somebody last night, and they were talking about how, how 2020 was going to be their year. But the truth of the matter is, is, is God is weighing the heart. God is weighing the heart. I mean, we can say it. But the truth of the matter is, God is weighing the heart. And where are we positioning ourselves? How are we living? What are we doing? What are we putting first? Because the proof is in the pudding. If we're going to be blessed, it's going to take some things to get in line for the blessing that God has to bestow on us in 2020. Yeah. I mean, we hear this all the time. It's, 
uh, all the time that the church wants your money. But the reality is, it's not the church, but can I tell you, it's God. Because God understands <laughs> that where your money is, there your treasure is. So it's not the church, but it's God. God wants to see. God wants to examine. God wants to lay things out and, and see exactly where your heart is. Is in 2020 your heart really where you say it is? Is in 2020 you, you want to be blessed better than you were in 2019 and 2018? God is saying, I, 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 I want to see your heart. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do we have to do? What do we have to do to work on our heart. What do we have to do to get our heart right? Look, look, look just a little about at Deuteronomy 15 and 7 and 9. It says, look at it. it. It says, the NASB, it says, if there is a poor man with you, one of you brothers, one of your brothers, in any of your towns and in your land, which the Lord your God is given you. Note that it says, the Lord has given you. You shall not harden your heart nor close your hand from your poor brother. But you, yeah, you, shall freely open your hands to him and shall generously lend him sufficient for his need in whatever he lacks. But note, verse 9, beware that there is no base thought, where? In your heart. Saying the seventh year, the year of remission is near and your eye is hostile toward your poor brother and you give him nothing, then he may cry to the Lord against you and it will be a sin in you. <sighs> Let's unpack this. He's letting us know, understand that in those days there was... Uh, the, the, the year release, seven years. In other words, whatever debt a person had for the seven years or, or up until that seven years, on that seventh year, it would be wiped clean. Now, I wish that that <laughs> oh, applied to today. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. That on the seventh year, yeah, that all my debts, I mean my house note, my car note, my doctor bills, all those things were wiped clear. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I wish, I wish that that was true. But can I tell you that? Well, it is in a sense. We'll get there. We'll get there. But he tells us that watch your heart. He's telling them. He says, because on the, the seventh year, understand that you forgive those that have debt against you. So if a brother come to you three months prior to the seventh year, and he asks you for something, and you know in your heart that on that uh, three months from now, that he doesn't have to pay you back. Because his debt will be forgiven on that seventh year. So he's saying, watch your heart in that instance. Beware. He said, don't consider that. He says, what you ought to be doing is meeting the need of your brother. Regardless of whether it's one month to the seventh year, whether it's two months to the seventh year, whether his uh, debt is going to be forgiven or not, understand you have an obligation. Amen. He says, you got an obligation 
to take care of your brother. He said, because I have given you the city. <laughs> In other words, he's saying, I have given you everything you got. And because I have given you everything you got, understand you can't withhold what I've given you uh, and try to keep it all to yourself. No, you got to understand that what I've given you is not only for you, but can I tell you that it's to bless somebody else. Everything we have, understand, it belongs to God. Everything we have, we, we as Christians, we as being the church, have to understand that we have an obligation and a responsibility to take care of somebody that is unable to take care of themselves. Whew. So the first thing that we have to do is that we got to refuse a selfish heart. Yeah, and, and the truth of the matter is the selfishness is just in our nature. <laughs> it's in our nature. I, I mean, uh, you don't have to teach a child to be selfish. <laughs> I mean, I've seen my grandson. I, I've seen him playing with toys, and all of a sudden there's another child playing with a toy. He puts down his toy, goes after the other toy, and considers that his because there's some selfishness. Down on the inside. I mean, a newborn baby is selfish. Y'all ain't going to help me. Y'all know every one of y'all that had children, all of us that had children, know that when that child wanted something, that all that child had to do was cry. Feed me. Change me. <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> Glory to God. That child has some selfishness on the inside. And can I tell you that? I, I know we all grown, but there's some selfishness still down on the inside. <laughs> I mean, me and me, me and Mike can relate to this. Me and Mike can relate to this. I, I, I you know, I, I've gone out with my wife to dinner, and uh, uh, you know, she got a menu just like I got a menu. That means that she has the liberty. To order what she wants to order. <laughs> Men, y'all stay straight. Y'all look forward. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> and you order your food, she orders her food. The meal comes and you're just ready to dive in and enjoy what you have ordered. And all of a sudden, here comes the question. Any men know what the question is? Can I, how does that taste? Can I have a taste? Can I have a bite? Can I taste yours? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that you had the same menu I had. So let me enjoy what I ordered and you enjoy what you ordered. Because you could have ordered the same thing that I ordered Uh, I must be telling the truth. <laughs> because men, there, there's some selfishness on the it's, it's in our DNA, all of us. It's in our DNA. And especially, understand we got to work on that, especially if we want to live a blessed life. So God wants to change us from being greedy and selfish to being grateful and generous. I like what 
Joshua said, Joshua 1 and 8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. He says, meditate on it day and night so that ye may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you, no, then, then, not until after then. You have, have, you have to do the first before we can expect the second. He says, then you will be prosperous and successful. So when you do the word, then success and blessings follow. So God is saying that if you want to live a blessed life, he says, be a giver like me. He says, you know, God so loved the world that he gave. He's a giver by nature. And God is saying, I need all my children to be givers just like me. I mean, look what Deuteronomy, got a few minutes, 10 and 10 says, 15 and 10. It says, you shall be generous. Give to him. And your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord, your God, will bless you in all your work and in all your undertakings. So the second thing here is that we got to do is that we got to refuse a grievous heart. Or a grieving heart. So selfishness can attack us before we give. And grief can attack us after we give. I don't know if anybody ever experienced buyer's remorse. I mean, you, you, you bought something. You enjoyed it. It was hot. It was, you were excited in the moment. But all of a sudden, when things changed, you ask yourself, what have I done? What in the world have I done? And we go scrounging around trying to find a receipt. We go calling, picking up the phone, calling the department store, whoever it was. Can I return this thing? That's why they have that, you know, when you buy a car, they, they sometimes give you three days. Because people have buyer's remorse. Because they buy that shoddy vehicle. It smells good. You know, they took it home before they purchased it, and all the neighbors saw them. And somebody said, Woo, that's a nice ride. You look good in it. But all of a sudden, when you got home and the day after, you start looking at them bills. You start looking at that car note, and you start thinking about where I could put this money somewhere else. And you have buyer's remorse. So we do that even in our giving. Sometimes we have bias or we have remorse. And this, so this also happens when it comes to our giving. After we've obeyed the Holy Spirit in our giving, whether it be tithes or offerings or pledges, to deal with that, understand we have to make sure that we guard our heart. And the devil's job is for us to grieve. Grieve that we have obeyed God. Isn't that something? Agree that we have obeyed the Holy Spirit and allowed the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in our proper giving, but yet we're grieved. Imagine if I gave my wife a gift and I, I, I walked around the house after I gave it to her, moping, kicking stuff, complaining. How would she feel about the gift I gave her. You think she would really appreciate it? 
You think she would really value the gift that I gave? gave would you, do you think she would really uh, 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 believe that I gave it to her because I truly loved her? I don't think so. But can I suggest that that's the same way God gets sometimes when we're grieved about what we've done for him? And this may not just be giving resources, but giving about time. Exercising our gifts. Grieving that we have done what we should have done for God. Can you imagine how God must feel when he looks at us and sees that I gave them that ability. I gave them those resources. I gave them what they have given. So why should they be grieved? So we should not have a grieving heart. And when we have a proper perspective of our giving, understand that won't really be an issue. I like what verse 10 says. 10 says, because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and all your undertakings. He says, when you have the right perspective and giving uh, the right reason, or giving for the right reasons, God says, then I'll bless you. I'll bless everything you put your hand to and your works. God said, if you do this without grieving, if you do it while understanding that you're, 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 you're doing it because you love me, not just to get what I've got, but if you do it that way, God said, I'll step in and I'll bless everything about your life. Now, how many want everything about their life blessed? I mean, I, 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 uh, yeah, I've just thought about something. And thought about it after, after I leave here today. It, I mean, we, we are fasting. Uh, I'm thinking about the thought just hit me about what I'm going to eat afterwards. And I just thought about I don't have no money. I don't have no money uh, to, 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 to purchase what I, I'm going to Chipotle afterwards. And, you know, I, I, I really uh, think about it and think about it. Oh, look, look it. Oh, praise God. Oh, wow, 20. I think I could do a little bit. I could do a little bit with that. Uh, I, I need to start asking. I need to start saying that a little bit more often. Glory to God. Uh, but 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 I, I, I like Chipotle. Anybody like Chipotle? I mean, Chipotle is good, especially if you're doing Daniel fast. I mean, I like their fresh, you know, green, uh, fresh, fresh vegetables. And am I making anybody fresh vegetables? And you know, I, I even like that uh, tofu that they mix up. And I mean, that's that's some good stuff when you're on the Daniel fast. Uh, uh, Y'all, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to go. I'm going down a rabbit trail, ain't I? Uh, let, let me come back here. Let me reel it back in. Yeah, I know you're probably wondering why, why Brother Donnie gave me this $20. Well, he gave it to me because I, I gave it to him earlier. <laughs> I told him that when, when I asked for it, he, he gave it to me. <laughs> but I'm trying to make a point that he wasn't grieved when he came up here and gave it to me. I'm, were you grieved? Uh, he wasn't grieved. Uh, I mean, it didn't make him sad when he came up here and gave it. 
I mean, he, 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 he was ready to give it. But he gave it because it was mine already. Can I tell you that that's how it is about God? That when he asks something from us, that that's how we ought to act? Because after all, it's his. It all, it all belongs to him. I mean, that's what uh, Proverbs 20, I mean, Psalms 24 and 1 says, the earth is the Lord. Yeah, y'all know, y'all know the text. Yeah, everything, everything belonged to him. So we're merely stewards of what he's given us. So if God were to evaluate today your stewardship, how are you doing? How are you doing? I mean, on a scale from 1 to 10, how, where, where would you fall in that evaluation? Where would you fall? Because when we get God's perspective, understand that it will be easy to give what he asks. And the third thing is, is that we got to do is we got to develop a generous heart. I mean, this is what 14 says. 14 tells us, it says, You shall furnish him liberally from your flock and from your threshing floor and from the wine vats, you shall give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. So, all of us were, again, born with selfish nature. But at some point in time in our lives, we got to understand that we're new creatures now. So we're not acting in our old capacity, in our old characteristics, but we're, we're new creatures and we should have, just as God has a generous heart, we have to develop a generous heart as well so that we can emulate what God or his characteristics. So instead of selfishness, understand, we should have a generous heart. Somebody say generous heart. So we don't have threshing floors, but we have jobs. We have things that God has blessed us with. And because he's blessed us with that, understand, he expects a, 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 a generous people. So at some point of time in our Christian walk, in order to really lay hold to the things that God has planned and purpose for our lives, those blessed things, understand that we have to mature and we have to walk in the word that we read. We just can't read it, but we got to walk in it. It is Einstein that said, Albert Einstein that says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. Doing the same thing in 2018, 2019, and then we get in 2020 and we still expect the same thing but understand, in order to expect greater, we got to do something different. And the last thing is that we got to develop a grateful heart. And that's what he says in 15. He says, you shall remember that ye were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this today. I think we often, and I'm closing, I think we often forget many a times all the things that God has done for us. All the blessings, all, I mean, the condition that we were in, but yet God stepped in in spite of the condition and, and moved and, and delivered us and set us free. All of us in here have a but God. Anybody got a but God? I mean, all of us. I mean, we were slaves in sin, slaves to the devil. Whatever he told us to do, we did. Yeah, we did it without question. And we were willing many times to accept whatever result came. 
We were just obedient to him. But now since we are children of God, yeah, we got a new master. We got a new Lord. And him we ought to be obedient to. So we were thinking, think about it. We were slaves to sickness. Slaves to poverty. We were slaves to unemployment. Slaves to alcohol and drug. Slaves of all kind of sexual perverseness. But God, my wife and I, just this week, we were sitting down talking about a few things and I began to kind of take a trip down memory lane and start thinking about some of the things that I was guilty of doing. See, it's one thing when you're not guilty. <laughs> it's one thing when you're not guilty and you have to go through some things, but it's, it's another one when you're guilty. Yeah, you know that you ought to not be standing here. You ought, to, you, you, you ought not be living where you live. You, you, you ought not be working where you work. You ought not maybe be married to the person that you're married to uh, or enjoying the life that you're enjoying. But God, when you start looking back over the fact that the reason that you're here today and the reason that you can do the things you do and enjoy the things that you enjoy is only because of him. It's not because you hadn't sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not because you dotted every I and crossed every T. No, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible said that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We all, all of us, deserve death. But look where we are this morning. Anybody glad about that this morning? That you're in the house of God? That you got a roof over your head, clothes on your back? You may not have all the money that you want, but you got some money. Glory to God. You got food in the, in the cover. It may not be what you want, but it's food. You may not have necessarily the job that you want, but you got a job. Think how many people that are un, unemployed. Think about how many people that are filling out applications every day and, and, and not getting an answer, but you get to wake up. Drive into the work. Some people get to wake up and roll over out of bed and go to work right in their own house by the mercy and grace of God. Huh. So, if God has done all these things for us, I mean, if he asks us something truly because of what he's done for us, we ought to be willing to do for him. All of us are here because of the grace of God. I know this may be a tough subject for you know everybody didn't like this particular subject but it is one of the most needed subjects to talk about I mean we see this in scripture I mean 2,000 times in scripture more than love more than heaven and hell 11 out of the 39 parables Jesus talked about money and my prayer is that over the next several weeks as we talk about this particular subject and talk about this area of our lives that something happens to our heart because it starts right here that when we start working on our heart God can do something God can give us more if he knows that the heart is right God can bless us abundantly when he knows that the heart is right 
God can begin to answer some of them prayers that we have been praying because he knows that the heart is right. How many want God to work on your heart? Yeah. Because the Bible says out of the heart flow the issues of life. So we get our heart right in 2020. Not saying that it wasn't right in 2019, but understand there's yet more work to do. There's yet a, a better place that we got to get so that God can release some things in our lives that he's just desiring to release. Can I tell you that God is, God, God is just standing on tiptoes waiting to just bless our lives. I mean, I know we got expectation, but can I tell you, it's kind of like a, a, a parent that is prepared for their child. You know, you, you, you prepared and you got expectations for your child and you, you know what you want to do for them. You know how you're going to bless them. You know how excited that they're going to be when they receive that blessing. But they can't give it to them until they get to a particular point in life. But when they get there, how much of a joy it is to know that I was able to bless my child like that. I was able to put a smile on their face. I was able to put a, 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 some tears in their eyes, a, a, a praise in their, in their feet, a, a waving in their hands. I, I was able to do this for them. And I tell you that God is waiting with expectation for 2020 to be an astronomical year for each and every one of us in here. That it's not just word, but God is, is, is waiting with great anticipation. But we got to work on our heart. We got to get this thing right so that he can really release in our lives. Anybody receive that word on today? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you love us so much that you would send your word. God, you say you sent your word and it healed it. So Father, we know that as this word goes out today that it's going to heal some areas of our lives. We know that it's just not about our monetary giving, but you're talking about every area of our lives that we get in return what we give. So God, I pray that you will do a work in our hearts, that you begin to shape and mold us even during this, this fast as we submit to you. God, as we draw now to you, that we will be sensitive to what you want to do in our lives. Because we understand that you are God that loves us so much that you've got great things in store for us. The word declares that you withhold no good thing from us. The word even declares, Father, that you've given us everything that pertaineth to life and godliness. It's there. It's waiting on us. We, you're just waiting on us to get in that position so that you can really bless our life. So God, we thank you for 2020. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for you, your word that you're going to send, that you sent today and you're going to send throughout this series to help equip us, empower, empower us. God, that we can enjoy 2020 and praise your holy name. That others may see that you're our God and beside you there is none other. We thank you today. In Jesus' name.